It's on. Oh, that was crisp on both ends. Folks, we are indeed back on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Covert Show. For the first time since June 8th of 2023, we have had a recent show. It was about a month ago, maybe a little bit more been than that. Two been about been closer to two months. JC's right on that. Episode 65 of the Covert Show. We got Bush Lattes on the camera here. We got MLB the show sitting on the good old PS4. JC's playing some NHL 20, did you say 13? Is that what you said? 2013 on the Xbox 360 and uh, Bush Lights over here as well. So Bush Lights all around for this uh, podcast. Well, it is a, it's almost a like redemption podcast for us because, I mean, this is – and we, we say this all the time on every single show that we do. Scheduling conflicts have been a pain in the ass. Like, it has been a monstrous just competition to see who's got the schedules lined up. We've all been busy. I've had weddings to go to. JC's been bouncing around with uh, state baseball for Iowa calling those games for Storm Lake Radio. So, I mean, we've been kind of bouncing around the board. But today we finally get back on on the saddle. We're on the horse once again. And we, we're we just kind of ready to roll. We've got all the sports coming up. We have a lot of NHL to talk about, mostly because the as RC has been hammering me for still the last, like, I don't know, month and a half, <laughs> it was nighttime. And boy, was it nighttime. Oh. I swear, it's so funny. I will get a text from that man, like, out of, out of the blue. Like, the other night I was going to softball. By the way, I played fast pitch softball this entire summer, so that was fun as shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he texted me on the way there, and he goes, "Hey, you know what time it is?" And I was like, "Dude, it's it's a month old. Like, what what are we doing here?" Here's the thing about that. My dad and I, and my dad's a Vegas fan, and obviously I'm a Devils fan. My dad and I had this exact conversation of because you know he's obnoxious about it towards me, just because you know he hasn't had a team. He's a Reds and Dolphins fan, so his last title has 1990. Think about that for a second. Jeez. So he becomes a Reds or he becomes a Golden Knights fan like two thirds of the way through last season and gets to see a title. And I'm like, you know, I don't mind that so much, but it's the Vegas fans that are like the drought. Oh my God, the drought. It's like, it's six years. It, you guys not are the expansion team. Years, not only has it only been six years, you've made two title appearances in those six years. You've made like four Western Conference Finals, and you've been in the playoffs five of the six years. Like, relax. It's like what I'm hearing is just the the world's smallest violin playing for you. Because I mean, Florida fans should be more mad about it than I am. Because, I mean, all you guys have done is make it to two titles and win like one game combined. Well, and that that's the in thing. In 96, Florida didn't win a single game in the Stanley they made in 96. That is very true, and that was two years prior to me being born, and also, I've and we've talked about this, I have not been an avid hockey watcher. I've been a hockey fan, just not a hockey watcher. Right. I think, and granted, right. it was the playoffs, and granted, you all, I've said this on the last couple of podcasts that we did, you can call me a bandwagon as much as you want for joining in the playoffs. I have said it multiple times on past years on this show and past episodes before they made the Stanley Cup Finals that I have been a fan. But I watched but more hockey thing, during those during this playoff than I think I have in my entire life. And next year, I'm I'm watching games like I'm not missing out because I I kind of fell in love with the idea of the good old stick and puck with the boys. 
But here's the thing. I wouldn't call you a bandwagon fan because you told me you were a Florida Panthers fan way before the playoffs even started. I mean, granted, you were more of a casual fan until the playoffs started, until your team managed to beat Boston and then go on to make a run. But, you know, welcome to the fandom. That's all I can say. I mean, this this winter <laughs> and this fall is going to be fun, you know. Uh, the Blue Jays and Devils were playing at the same time back in May and April. And I'm hoping to have the same thing happen in October. So we'll see, you know. Uh, the, the Blue Jays will get to it in a little bit, but are uh, certainly in the mix. But, yeah, you're also for the Stanley Cup, and I'm just going to straight out say it, Florida absolutely had no prayer at any given nope. time, at any given second. Nope. And except for the games they were at home. Those games in Vegas, so nine to three in a <laughs> clincher. Like, I've never seen a series that's so lopsided. You could say that. I mean, it that's wasn't an understatement. Even so you look at their 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 clincher in Vegas in game five was nine to three. The game that RC and I went to was three to two with a barrage and a brawl at the end of it because the Panthers could see the end was there. Yep. You you knew everybody on the planet knew if Vegas went up three one it was over. Granted, even if it went two two, I still think that it would have been over in a hurry. But you look at that three two, and then the only one they get that Florida gets is the one that goes to overtime, which and oddly, the one with that Kachuk late goal. Which, oddly enough, I did say if the Panthers were going to win one and try to get a series back, it was going to be an overtime. And funny enough, the next game it happens, it was an overtime. But at the same time, you can't rely on just trying to play free hockey, which that was kind of their MO through the playoffs a little bit, especially against the Hurricanes. When they started getting into the OT, it's kind of the script almost flipped over, and they were kind of a totally different team. They were still playing competitive, and then obviously, like, when you get to the Knights, they were just almost outmatched in almost every way on just, I would say, probably more of a skill level and just where you had a team of, yeah, size. Size. The physicality of Vegas was just absolutely nuts. here's the funny thing about this game. Florida played how Florida would play every other time, except Vegas was like, okay, you want to go body check and go throw hands with us? Okay. And then they throttled Florida at their own game. Yeah. I mean, you look at the first game, it's 5-2. You look at the second game, it's 7-2. Then they go to Florida, and you, you, you only way, and we hit this point a lot, is if you held Vegas under three or under four goals, that was your only prayer. Because Florida can't score. Florida couldn't score. They couldn't score against Carolina. No. They had to win games one to nothing, 2-1, to one, three to one, whatever the other scores were. But you look at that overtime game, you get the late one from Kachuk where Hagee wins it in overtime. And then you turn around Saturday and play another close game. But you just, you didn't have it. And then as soon as it goes back to Vegas up three, one, I mean, you were, the, the rest was already pretty predictable. And I just want to say, I guessed the series perfectly, by the way. Yes, you did. And the funny thing was, is I was getting done with softball, and Kenny, our, we've had him on the show once before. If you guys don't remember Dr. Jack, Mitch Garver, that ball is going to be sent to the wall, and we are winning the game at the moment. one nothing in the second. But um, Big fly. Big fly by Mitch Garver. Good lad. But we were 
on the phone after my softball game, and he goes, dude, I got into the elevator, and the score was like five, like five to two or five to one, oh. and then I got down <laughs> to my car, and it was like seven to uh, it was seven to one, and that takes him like two minutes to get down to his freaking car. And I was mom like, had that yep. exact same thing. We she, I think she had a work thing, and it was five. I want to say it was five one, and then like so, my dad and I were watching it because uh, RC was at work, and so my dad or uh, dad and I are watching it. Within like the time it took her to get out of the house and down to the car, it went from five to two to seven to two. And you're like, it's done. It was like, over. I called it. I called it in the first period. You know, I think Stone got a shorthanded goal, and then Hague scored. It was two to nothing. And then like, you're already like, all right, this seems over. And then the second period, in the first ten minutes, it's like, okay, maybe there's some fight. And then the last ten minutes, the wheels fell off, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, it was just a scoring barrage in that game, and the Panthers started. Trying to chip away, but as they say, too little, too late when you know you're down 9-2. to two. Well, that and Kachuk being out with a broken sternum, I mean, that is the heart and soul and the fight, yeah. if you will. I mean, once Kachuk was done, and that's why he played in game uh, four in Florida, is because, not because he felt good, because I'm sure he didn't. Yeah. But if you take him out, Florida's not very good. And especially against a powerhouse like Vegas. I mean, and I think even if he took Kachuk out against Carolina, that series is considerably different too. That, There's just a certain flair he brings. The playoffs Granted, itself? It's, in my opinion, he's dirty as hell, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the playoffs itself was was totally different if you take out uh, Kachuk. I mean, you still had Verhage mm-hmm. sitting there on the line, but, I mean, otherwise. Well, Verhage, like, folded up in himself in the in the. Uh, <sighs> Big game. Yeah. I mean, he has the overtime winner, but outside of that, I couldn't tell you a goal of significance that he scored. Granted, I guess you could say that for pretty much every Florida Panther because the games weren't close. But, yeah, I mean, tough break for you. Good break for RC. It's going to be annoying to listen to uh, Vegas fans all of next year. Uh, not as annoying as uh, listening to Minnesota fans talk about Vegas, which is actually pretty hilarious, but, you know. Oh, Minnesota fans don't really got much to talk about, so they got to try to find any any the publicity they can get. The land of hockey and first round elimination. Oh boy, they've got. You can throw it to hockey. You can throw it to the Twinkies. You can throw it to the Vikes. I mean, Minnesota has just had. When it comes to sports, they've just kind of had a bump in the road with with a lot, and it didn't help that they got eliminated first round in the uh, NHL playoffs, but. Yeah, what are you going to do? It up. I think it's been – I think they're now the longest reigning team that hasn't gotten out of the first round, I want to say. After – Let's see. That's insane. Because now the Toronto Maple – the Toronto Maple Leafs have now made it out of the first round. That they the did. The Minnesota Wild have not made it out of the first – oh, I guess it's only been 14. So here's their last playoff round. 23 first-round exit. 22 first-round exit, 21 first-round exit, oh my. 20 qualifying-round exit, or first-round exit, whatever you prefer, 18, 17, 16 first-round exit, and then 15, 14 second round, and then quarterfinals before that. Also, the state of uh, 
many the state of hockey does not have a Stanley Cup. So <laughs> just just, just add insult to injury. Just throw more throw more kindling it, on it's the fire. Funny because there's, oh you know, my! Outside of the Minnesota Golden Gopher hockey team, which I've seen them play once, and you know that was cool. If it's the Wild, if it's the Twins, if it's the Vikings. It's weird because normally I have a certain amount of sympathy for those teams because, you know, being a Blue Jays fan, yeah, we went from 93 before I was born to 2015 with no playoff appearances. So normally I'm a little sympathetic for teams that, you know, get in and suck. But, yeah, I, I don't, it just doesn't happen for me for Minnesota. That's, that's a little too long of get in and, you know, shit the bed. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, that goes back to that whole thing of would you rather do what the Blue Jays did, go 93-15 to 15 with no playoff appearances, yeah, or do what Minnesota's done, which is, let's count it, 2015-16 uh, season to now with, count it, seven first-round exits. I, I would much rather go with – I would much rather go with, like, getting in in the first-round exit because – and this is – this has nothing against Toronto. That's what I'm saying. Minnesota you, fans have really nothing to complain about, dude. You're, you're making the playoffs. You're going to the postseason. You're playing extra yeah. of your sport. In no way yeah. is that a bad thing. Which, and you can make the argument, well, it is a bad thing because we're losing in the first round. It's like it's like okay, that's that's a coach problem. That's a player problem. It's like you guys There's are competing the whole entire other- season. There's half of the West Conference that would love to be a first-round exit. Oh, yeah. Like the Arizona Coyotes. If you ask any kind if you're like, would, if you could find one. If you <laughs> Not even would, in Arizona. You know, be all right with a first-round exit. Like, yeah, most of them would go for it. Yeah. Who, who would be dumb enough not to go with making it to the playoffs consistently but losing. Well, teams do it all the time. Your Nebraska team did it with Bo Pelini when they were oh winning 10 games gosh. a year, and that wasn't good enough. No. The Miami Dolphins back in the 80s and 90s did it with Don Shula, wasn't winning the title. They brought oh. in Jimmy Johnson, who absolutely flopped. You like, can... teams do it all the time, but yeah, it's, uh, it's can... fascinating because I don't have any sympathy for it. Like I've said on this show before, I have sympathy for it because the Devils since I followed them and made two playoff appearances, one before this year. And the Blue Jays have made like four, but two are wild card exits. So, you know, those are what they are. They, so, yeah, I don't have any sympathy for any of them. And that, though, the Blue Jay one's even worse because that goes all the way back to like 2006, 2007, 2008 when I started following them. That's four appearances. That's it. <laughs> Safe to. Safe to say that if you're a team that makes the playoffs and you're a fan base, quit your bitching because don't you guys take it for granted. Yeah, don't take it for granted because you could be you could be an Oakland A's fan and look at them. <laughs> they didn't really make a play. They're they didn't... going to Vegas though. That's yeah, a whole other thing because they're going to be the next Vegas team that wins it. Oh, dude! If Oakland, the Las Vegas Aces have won the WNBA title, obviously the Golden Knights. The Raiders, I don't buy at all. No. Something tells me the Las Vegas Athletics, <laughs> whenever they get over there, are going to be the they'll, they'll win a title before the Las Vegas Raiders do. Oh, that is a that's a hot take. We're gonna have to clip that one. That's a and we, I wouldn't say I wouldn't gotta go. We've got to you know wait a little bit, but the NFL discussion is going to be interesting because the Raiders are trapped. 
in a division that they they don't have a shot at winning. No, they and that whole division, I you, mean Yeah, and then you look at the AFC as a collective. Now that you got Aaron Rodgers over there, I mean, the AFC's done nothing but get harder. Yeah. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is going to win it with the Jets because uh, no. that's, that's another thing for another day. But that, as much as I want to see Garoppolo win one, I just I don't know. I've got a gut feeling that the god awful. We'll get it to get to it with the MLB, but the god awful Las Vegas Athletics, soon to be, oh. will win one before the Raiders do. And well, that might not be saying much because neither one might win it, but. That that is there fairly true. Take Avenue to start the uh, show here. I like it because I mean, if we we've been we've been way way too long without a good hot take, and I feel like that's a good hot take. I mean, <laughs> well, shit. we haven't done the show in two months. So <laughs> that. that is very and valid. The hot, there wasn't a hot take to be had last time because the biggest sporting event was the uh, Stanley Cup, which everybody that you know followed the sport could tell you exactly what was going to happen. Oh, before yeah. it even did. I you and then you had the optimistic few, aka moi, that was trying to trying to hold You're on like, to hope for, for as long. God, hold Vegas to like two goals, and then we can hopefully maybe win a couple. Oh my goodness! Oh, you know I can't laugh too much. My team was the second round exit, but but know. hey, we picked up Tyler Toffoli from Calgary in the offseason. I. I we might be pretty damn legit this year. I was gonna say I've been seeing some trade news buzz in in the NHL. I haven't. That's one thing where I'm gonna have to if I'm really gonna get into this hockey shit. I'm really going to have to start seeing where it goes because I can follow trades in the NFL pretty decent. Trades in the MLB I go nuts for. College football transfer portal I go pretty good for. When it comes to the NHL and it comes to the NBA, besides Kawhi Leonard coming to the Raptors and us losing to Rosen but winning a title. Uh, that's about as far as I fucking go. Like, I'm I'm just not one person to... Well, if you check out our wonderful Facebook page, The Covert Show, we uh, go through it. That's what I'm scrolling through now to go back through. <laughs> uh, you know, Florida unveiled their 30th anniversary logo. RC had a field day with that. Yes, he did. Uh, let's see, what else? RC oh, the big news was everything. Patrice Bergeron's retiring. Interesting. So that's the big one from Boston. Uh, what other news do we got? Big news uh, on the on the show at the moment. Kevin Kiermeyer just went yard, and we're winning two to two yeah. to zip in the fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, Castellanos tried uh, to go too. Some of our some of our hockey trips have been planned, so you know we got that going for us. We do Making have my first trip down to the old fortress in Las Vegas, Nevada. You. That has also been talked about. We've been talking about some minor league hockey, trying to get there. You two the travel. have to get back together. Oh, I'm yeah. You two travel more for hockey than I've, like, and I know some, I don't know, like, a ton of, like, avid hockey fans, but I know people that travel for sports. I think you guys travel more than anybody that I know just to go to hockey. I was going to say, you... my brother travels more <laughs> for hockey than any sport, and he was giving me grief about it. I'm like, you have to remember, I have another team I travel for, too. Yeah. Like, I go see Toronto, you know, six times a year. Like, later in August, uh, my dad and I are going down to Cincinnati to see him. Like, I can't, you know, there you go. spend every single penny on the Devils. Going, you know, as much as I'd want to. 
going for sports teams. And that's that's the one thing I will say. Like, a lot of shit has gotten expensive over the last couple of years oh, with, sure has. with everything. But when it comes Ticket to travel. Ticket prices are so bad. Yeah, it's like you're either you're either on a team or you're with the Royals and the, and the A's and you can pick up tickets right at the gate for like 20 bucks because somebody's just going to say here take them i was going to say you know there is a small part of me and you know i realize the team sucks ass and like you know they're they're going to be cheaper tickets but that irritates me to a certain level of like it does you know like i i would never wish toronto tickets were cheap granted you know blue jays twins was like 50 bucks a ticket and i was on the lower level so like they weren't bad but like when I went to St. Louis earlier this year, those babies—granted, it was opening weekend—were yeah. uh, were stout. But yeah, I, you know, it's yeah. I, I don't know anybody that travels as much as he does for hockey. It's it's incredible. I don't know anybody that travels more for sports than you two. Like I know a lot of people that travel for sports, but you guys seem to be. When it comes down to the time, you guys are enjoying life and and doing what you can, but also. We're in our mid twenties. We got to do that. I mean, like I'm. You know, we've got everything coming up with loans and shit that have been deferred and coming back. And whether or not you're happy about it, whether or not you're sad about it, you got to pay back the man. Like it, it was never going to be a sure that's thing. That's how it works, unfortunately. Oh yeah. And so, but I mean, still, there's going to be time for everything. Like there's going to be a couple of weekends where you can say, yeah, I can scrap together probably a, maybe a hundred or a couple hundred bucks and go have some fun with the guys, or I can go take a solo trip, go see a game there. There's always going to be time for that. So if you're, if you're a sports fan and you haven't seen your team play at all, you haven't seen a lot of stuff go down kind of in professional sports, a college team that you haven't gotten to see, or your buddies invite you somewhere. Seriously, like, if you have the time, I mean, you might as well do it. Because, I mean, there there's plenty of stuff to do. You could be like me where you have weekends of weddings to go to in the fall or in the summer. And that's okay, too, because you're spending time with your friends. You could have to right. go buy hundreds of suits or, like, go rent hundreds of suits. But it, you know what? You're going to earn that back in beer because somebody's going to end up having an open bar and you're going to make a lot of memories with your friends and it's going to be 10 times better than just sitting at home and chilling on your right. ass. I was going to say there's two things here, you know. After, you know, the the events of last August happened to me, you know, there was a bit of a uh, perspective change, I guess you could say, where before I was the type that was like, I'm going to sit at home, I'm going to save all this money, and I'm going to go after one. Now it's more like, you, you got to live a little, man. Literally. Like, you know, I'm not saying, like, plunge yourself in, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, because, you know, you shouldn't do that. But, oh, like, no. you got to live a little. And then the other thing is, like, people in their 20s that are so paranoid to do solo trips, you got to do it, man. It's because if you wait for somebody else to want to go on these trips that you want to go on, you're never going to go on them. It's it, You're not so, going to do it. Because the odds of you finding, for like me, for example, somebody that's a Devils and a Blue Jays fan. Non-existent. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, they probably don't exist. Or there's like six <laughs> of them. And they're probably all sitting on the eastern half of the country. Yeah, and no one's in the Midwest. <laughs> so, you know, there you go. We're getting a little, you know little philosophical here in this episode but yeah you gotta go out and live a little and then you know make that leap if there's something you want to do that you're gonna have to go solo on because trust me it's worth it it is you know what's not worth it giving up three runs in the sixth inning to 
shove away a lead. It's three two now as I'm facing the F Kansas the Silverhawks. Well, we're we're still we're, we can hit, so we're we're doing all right there. But we're calling it to the bullpen. Johan Duran is coming on to hopefully do some damage and get some work done. Boy, I'm getting out hit six hits to two, and both my hits have been nukes. That's sad. It's an absolute tough, tough draw. Well, speaking of nukes, nukes. let's talk about some baseball. Hell, freaking yeah! Thought I was going with that when you when you said uh, what I said uh, talking about nukes. But yeah, anyway, we're not a political podcast, so you shouldn't have expected us to go there. No, anyway, we, we never touch on it. Baseball, baby. The Blue Jays just played the Dodgers. So after getting, uh, I don't even know. I don't know what the hell the Blue Jays did against the Mariners. <laughs> Like, I genuinely don't understand how we cannot beat the Mariners, but it has been <laughs> ever since that AL wild card last year where we pissed away a 7-1 to lead and lost. You're, so It's non-existent. We take one game. We led 2-1 to in the eighth in game one. Would get walked off and lose. In game two, somehow, it managed to get even more annoying than that. We were up in this game. Quick math is not my strong suit. Seven to four, going to the bottom of the seventh. Lose that one, nine to eight. Scrap together the last game of the series. But getting gray hairs watching them in that one. They won four three. Then we get to the Dodgers. All right, you know the Dodgers Blue Jays. It's a weird game. Win game one six to three. Feeling pretty damn good. We get back to our old ways. We lead, no exaggeration, seven to three, (sighs) going to the bottom of the ninth. Ain't that fun? And we blow the lead, but we don't blow it. We don't blow it all the way. We go to the tenth. With our ghost runner at second, we do nothing. The ghost runner at second. You know what the Dodgers do? Walk us off. So if you're keeping track, that is now three blown leads in five games. Granted, we came back yesterday and absolutely, well, not yesterday, I guess I should say Wednesday, and absolutely piss-pounded the Dodgers 8-1. to So, like, you know, taking a series from the Dodgers is all right. But I tell you what, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this. The last two weeks for the Toronto Blue Jays, if we're in the spot we're in now, it's going to be straight-up terrifying. Because the last two weeks, you know who we play? Uh, I'm pulling it up here. Minute the bat. New York Yankees six times. Oof. And the Tampa Bay Rays six times. Oof. That's the last two weeks of the season. That is... And you look at those, oh. the Yankees are 3-3 three and three, and Tampa's 3-3. Three and three. That is... So if we don't make it, and a couple, and one series before that, we had four with the Rangers. So like our last month is going to be awful. Texas, Boston, New York, and Tampa. Gosh, that's a gauntlet. And we don't, we haven't played well against Boston this year. But there's a six-game span: Athletics and Royals right before that. If this team, wow, we need to sweep both of them. What was it? I saw that I think Boston. I'm gonna find it here. I gotta oh my gosh, where was I on this? 
Oh, keep talking. I got to find it here. Boston in their yellow jerseys. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... As, uh, as crappy that as they are, like as bad as the jerseys are. Excuse me. There was a stat here. No, I just... Where the heck? I just had it. I'm, I'm looking on Twitter right now. So, Boston, so anyway, the, Boston oh. in yellow, I believe, this year is 6-0. Since they pulled out the yellows, I think they're like 12-1 and or something like that since they pulled out their City Connect yellows. Do you know how insane that is? That a team pulled well, out... Well, they're, the they're in the AL East, so everything's insane right now. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, still, you pull out a City Connect jersey, and that's what makes your difference when you play in that. Granted, baseball is as superstitious and as poetic as it gets. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge anybody for that. Like if you you guys are playing well, on a jersey, go for it. The old Blue Jays go home for a seven game homestand, three against the Angels and four against the Orioles, and then we go to Boston following that. So we we really, and then we host the Cubs coming up for yeah, a three game do. series too. Which this is we talked about it earlier, but my dad and I are going to Cincinnati, right? Correct. So at the beginning of the year, Cincinnati, much like the Cubs series, is one you're like, all right, we're going to take two of three. No questions asked. Best case, we sweep. Now with the way Cincinnati's playing, it's like, wow, this is going to be an actual series now. Yep. And even, you know, the Cubs to a much lesser degree is even now kind of like the Cubs are playing better. They have something to play for still. They they so have a chance. It's, it's fascinating. They're two over their last ten. They've won six in a row. Yeah, they're the Cubs are the Cubs are heating up and a little bit. They've been beating up on the Cardinals. Yeah, which of all is the teams, they've been beating up on the Cardinals, which is like a little weird to you know see, but it's weird to see. But the Cubs still aren't out of the fire yet, and I mean, reason for that, and also well, nobody is. No, uh-uh. And that's There's that's literally no team in the league. At this point last year, I think it was the Yankees that you kind of looked at and went, well, they'll be there. It's just a matter of where they're at. I mean, right now, there is no team that's safe. No, and I think that's the fun part because, I mean, if we – and we can get back to conversations with teams in a second here, but as you look at the standings overall, the Orioles lead the American League East, followed by Tampa, Toronto, Boston, and the Yankees. That's a tight race throughout there. No team is lower – games behind than eight. The Yankees are eight games behind. You go to the and Central. the division better than the AL Central. Correct. Just got to throw that in there every single time I can because the AL Central is terrible. The AL Central is straight garbanzo beans because Minnesota's leading that with a just above 500 record, 54 and 50. They were leading it with a losing record two or three weeks back. There was that one time where nobody in the AL Central, and this was like before the break, the all-star break. Yep. No team had above a 500 win percentage. How yep. shitty is that? I'm sorry, yep. Twins fans. I'm sorry, Royals fans. I am kind of a Royals fan. Well, Royals fans you should be sorry for, but not because the division's shitty. No. Royals fans, you're just sorry because... Also, by the way, there was a, a conversation going around that they're trying to move the Royals out of Kauffman. Um, if you do that, oh, you're stupid. It's not that. It's not the fact of attendance... Can we make some moves from the front office? Can we actually get some guys and, you know, compete? The funny part about Kansas City is they're just as bad as Oakland is now. Oakland had a little bit of a stretch there, I want to say late May, early June, where they, like, rattled off these, like, random wins against, like, Pittsburgh, and, like, they're, they're terrible still. But, like, randomly just became good for, like, two weeks. 
and it was like, what is going on? But yeah, Kansas City is only a game better than Oakland is now. So, and we did a segment last year on how it blows to go to Oakland. So that that hasn't changed, uh, except the fans probably aren't there to do that. So you know, nope. Instead, they're chanting "fire the team" or uh, "sell the team." I should say. They're chanting "sell the team." Kevin Kiermeyer is going to go with another nuke. Give us the lead back after Trevor Story hit one, too. We're on a 4-3 game in the seventh off of Kenley Jansen. Let's freaking go, boys. You know, as a Blue Jays fan, it's still tremendously weird to cheer for Kevin Kiermeyer. Dude, he's a good guy. After all those – I mean, he is. But that's part of the thing was when he was at Tampa – like, that guy, everything he's doing now, he did in Tampa against Toronto. Oh, yeah. So, it's you know it's weird having, you know, that talent on our side instead of watching him, you know, rob doubles and rob home runs. And, you know, but yeah, he's, he's good. He is indubitably good. But throwing it back, because I'm going to pause here, this dude's probably PO'd after giving that yeah. up. But as we break it down for the rest of it, Twins in the Central, they're winning – Game and a half behind are the Guardians. Then you go Tigers, White Sox, Royals. Going to the West, the Rangers hop right back up to the top of the West after the Astros took it for a little bit after pulling out a couple of wins. The Rangers are 60-43. and 43. Astros are sitting at 58-45. and 45. Then you got the Angels, Mariners, and then the Hayes of future Las Vegas. Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani completed, or had a complete game today as well. And he's and then also he hit a couple home runs in the second game they played too. I believe so. That man, he's if the trade actually comes through and the Angels trade him to the Blue Jays right now. Trade him to every like everybody is literally going to have to pay their freaking salary just to get this man. Throw, Although you know, David Price trade is the first thing that pops into my mind. Of oh. like, I was so hyped for that, and then it absolutely flopped. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. That was a tough. You guys kind of went. He was so good in the regular season. Yeah, and then, and then the then post. He went into that postseason, I think it was 2016, and oh my god, he was so bad. That's that's one of those where you kind of you sit there and look. There have been so many other trades that have done that though, especially in baseball. You'll get Craig Kimbrell, for example, when Kimbrell got traded um, a couple years ago. He was good in the or he was good for everybody, and then as soon as you got him to a different team, good in the regular season, postseason, I believe, for the Cubs when we still had him, he was not doing good. Coming down to the end of the wire for the season, he was not good. Um and he got traded, I believe, again twice. I can't remember if it was twice or just once after the Cubs. And then he got his fourth hundred save. Really hasn't truly been the same since, but Kimbrell can still he can still wick it and put up some numbers. I'm trying to right. rem- I'm trying to remember any other big trades. Can I get the ball thrown into the freaking field? Holy crap, I was having a clusterfuck out there. <laughs> Anyways, after all the uh, trades though, going to the going to the NL, you've got the Braves leading in the NL East. Phillies are second. Marlins sitting up at third. Horrible. They've been terrible over their last 10. Oh, yeah. There was a time where that team looked like they were going to give Atlanta a run. If you, like, circle back, like, I want to say a couple, three weeks, like right before the All-Star break, there was a time where that team looked like they were going to make a run. That has since uh, not been the case, at least, you know, at a run in Atlanta. You might still get a shot at the wild card, but. 
Well, and still, when you have a guy like Luis Urias hitting as good as he is, who also, I believe, still is leading the league in batting average, which rightfully right. so, he's had, a, he's had a historic season. I mean, there have been plenty of players. Yeah. Ronald Acuna is having a very historic season. Corbin Carroll, the rookie for the Diamondbacks, is having a historic season when it comes both of those two hitting home runs and stolen bases with him and Acuna. So, I mean, there there's plenty of baseball to be had. That's going to be a double all the way into the gap or just over my left fielder's head. <laughs> <laughs> and I also gave the lead up, so it's 4-4. Four, four. I mean, they're, the Marlins have been – they were on a streak, and then they seesawed immensely. I mean, yeah, they, it was been bad. poor. Speaking of bad teams, the Mets are sitting <laughs> at 58-44. and 40, er, and 54. Nationals round out the – the East. I'm not making a L's already. I'm not making the statement once again of the, or the nationals could find a way to mathematically come back. Cause that is very impossible. Now I'm not trying to math that out again. That was probably one of the dumbest takes I ever had when the nationals were 20 games back last year. Oh my God. I was like, there's, there's a chance they could come back. I was like, it's still mathematically possible that they could make the playoffs. So, you know, I they're only like 12 and a half back in the wild card. Don't tell me that because then I'll start talking about it and then I'm going to make myself look even you more stupid. You're more worried about your Cubs than the fact that they're only four back in the wild card. I am worried about it because I was going straight to that next spot. The Brewers leading the NL Central, then the Reds, who also with... That's right, the Cincinnati Reds. Who would have thought at the beginning of this year Cincinnati would have led the division at the All-Star break? And then not only that, they're only a game and a half back. So they're really hyper-competitive. And De La Cruz is an absolute machine in Cincinnati. They might be a force if they can get in the playoffs. That was exactly where I was going. You have had now, I think within the last, I'm going to go with three years, uh, when did Acuna start? Acuna has been in the league for what five years now, four or yeah, five, something, like, something that. like that. And granted, I'm throwing Mike Trout out of this mix because he has been in the league for so long. But in the last four years, you have had some talents: Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna Jr., and now you've got Ellie De La Cruz. You could throw O'Neill Cruz for the Pirates in this mix, you know, mm, if he had yeah, a little right. bit of a better season. But I mean, O'Neill Cruz is still. Incredibly young, and you see rookies kind of sometimes start storming out of the gate because nobody knows who you are, nobody knows your skill set yet, and you're just you're running and gunning and going. Ellie De La Cruz to me is a guy that can keep up this consistency just the same as Acuna is doing, and here's why but I think he that. has the benefit of people being around him though. He's around Correct. a good team. The Pirates, and I think we talked about this clear back in May, were the worst team to lead a division back in May because you could see it a mile away this wasn't going to last. Oh, yeah. and But that's the thing with Cincinnati is they seem to be legit enough, I don't know, to win the division, quite honestly, but, you know, to be a playoff team that he's at least got something around him. Correct. And, and that's the one thing that I do kind of want to look at as well. I can't pause and I'm trying to – I had to turn my camera back on. I completely forgot that I was – sitting here and where our, our time was on where we were going with that. Um, trying to get a timestamp. Hold on here. I apologize for everybody. 
it's our daily, it's our uh, podcast joke of the day where we talk about how we're so good at uh, we're trying, basic common core math. We're trying to be so Don't professional. Worry, Nebraska football is coming up. We'll oh, roast no. that too. But, <laughs> but the audible, oh no, you'll love to hear uh, it. Well, there will. time of the year, baby. We'll get to that because there, there's a lot more to be said about everything in college football as well. But, like, you throw it to now, like you said, the Pirates at the beginning of the year, not the greatest team. But they were leading the Central because the Cardinals got off to a terrible start. The Cubs got off to a terrible start. Cincinnati got off to what was pretty much a regular run-of-the-mill start for them. Yeah, And all the Pirates were just sitting atop. But it was one of those where I don't think, and I don't even, maybe – Maybe Pirates fans did buy them, but anybody that wasn't like a Pirates fan, I don't think bought them. No, I don't think either one of us bought them. Uh-uh, I mean, no. I'm not even an NL team, and I looked at the Pirates and went, I don't know about that. So, me and my dad have the running joke from the movie 42, which also, if you're a baseball fan and you haven't seen the movie 42, what are you doing to yourself? Because one, it's a great movie. Two, it's about baseball history, and three, you live under a rock. So, I'm I'm severely sorry for you. But you throw it to where Jackie starts getting in into the team and everybody was having problems with him. And one of their main pitchers for the Dodgers at the time, which they were in Brooklyn still at this time. It wasn't the L.A. Dodgers. It was Brooklyn back in 1942. You He got traded to Pittsburgh, and he kept saying, Pittsburgh. Back in May, my dad looked at the standings for one of the first times like since the Cubs were really on top back in like 15, 16, um, and 17. And he goes... He texted me Pittsburgh, and I said, I know. How shocking is that? They were never bought into at all. And then you throw a team like the Reds in. They weren't in there. Like you said, they had a run-of-the-mill start. Ellie De La Cruz comes in, and things start turning around. And then you get a guy who can steal bases, and now your offense can work. You get a guy hit who hits 459-foot nukes out of Miller Park like the other night. And your offense starts really kind of working it in. And now the Reds and are kind of moving up through. And he's got the veteran of uh, the one and only Joey Votto Indeed. right there with him, too. Which everybody seems to think Joey Votto's washed. And that is absolute cap, cap city, dude. Joey Votto's not washed. Come on. Joey Votto is not washed. He's definitely a lot older, but Joey Votto is not yeah, washed. Come dude. Come on. He's, I wouldn't say a lot older, but like when it comes to when it comes to how long how long has he actually been in the league? That is a great question. That's a fantastic question. Everybody's looking it up right now. Uh, well, as I take a sip of my beer. Yeah, that get the priorities right. Joey Indeed. Votto came into the league. Uh, oh, don't swing it. Two thousand seven. Wow. So he's been in the league seventeen years. So, in baseball years, that Incredibly, is... Incredibly, he's actually made it two complete seasons in 2013 and 2017, playing 162 games. Interesting. As the injury bug, I believe, has really plagued him. If I have not been mistaken, and I can't hit a screwball to save my freaking life. Yeah, the Reds are a fun team to look at because they they haven't really had a lot going on. <laughs> they they have not. I well, they did make the playoffs back in. So I was looking this up because you know 
curiosity killed the cat, I guess. It always does. And Cincinnati Reds actually made the playoffs back in, I think, like 2020. What? And I did not know that. At, yeah, right. See, I'm not the only one. So, yeah, Cincinnati last made the playoffs. It was 2020 with a record of 31-29 and 29 in that COVID-shortened season. They lost in the wild card round. Ah. Got swept by, wait for it, the Braves. Oh, the Reds of course. did not score a run in the entire series. <laughs> the Braves won game one in 13 innings, one to nothing. Oh, and then no. the Braves won game two, five to nothing. And then prior to that, they haven't been since they went to the wild card in 2013. And you might remember this one. The Pittsburgh Pirates beat them six to two. I do. And this is that. the game where everybody was going, Quato. Yep. And he, dro- yep. he dropped the ball. Yep. If I do remember yep, correctly, he, sure he dropped yes, the ball. And then the next at bat, it was a bomb. Or like the next pitch, I believe it was a bomb. Because there was. And Russell Martin hit a yeah. nuke off of it. Yep. Oh, my goodness. But I had no idea they made the. I did not remember they made the playoffs in 2020. Well, and that, and that was the thing that you just said, too. It was the short, shortened COVID season, which, granted. 60 games. Anytime you can Blue make. Jays made the playoffs and got smoked by Tampa that year. They did. <laughs> In the wild card round. <laughs> I will say this, though. Anytime, and like I said, anytime that your team makes the playoffs, like I'm not going to say, granted, in some cases, yes. The COVID year affected a lot of sports. The college football season was only a conference game, or, or a conference season. Um, Let's see, the NFL wasn't. You take a little less stock yeah. in a wild card appearance in like 2020. Yes. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Like, was I happy in the moment the Blue Jays made it? Sure. Oh, yeah. But unless you made, like, a, a run to the title or a run to the ALCS, eh. You were out. Yeah. Because you don't have to be that good. Cincinnati was only one game above 500. I think the Blue Jays only won 35, 36 games that year. Well, and that so, that is kind of the weird factor. Is like, you take a look at how the COVID year really affected sports. It, it affected a lot of teams. Everybody was just happy to be watching sports. I mean, the Blue oh, Jays yeah. didn't play a home game in Toronto the entire year. They were playing in Buffalo yeah. in their AAA affiliate stadium the whole year. So, Which, honestly, think of this, though. Your AAA affiliate is hosting your – it's you're hosting the next level up. Like, you were hosting that the entire year because minor league was non-existent. Well, the Blue Jays – being in Canada, they weren't allowed to travel back and forth. Johnny so they Damon had to land in Buffalo. Walk off in the tenth. Bomb. Six. Is that a dub? Four. W. Holy cow! Johnny dub. Damon crushed dub. up dub. on this ball. Dub. 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 Oh my goodness! You would love to hear. It. I don't think we hear a lot of dubs from you on MLB The Show on here. I could be wrong, but hey, that feels like the first. The that feels like the first one in a while, man. Granted, it's been two months. I'm getting ready like to mark this while. down. I'm gonna cut that one first. That was too funny. I, Holy shit! I mean, shit. I could be wrong. I oh could my wrong. gosh! No, I've, I've had, had a couple. I've had a couple. The bad thing is, though, now sometimes... Now track down the episode to figure out which one he actually wanted. We're going to have to go a long way on that. Like, I, I really don't know, like, where, like, how many games were there. 
So let's see. Let's go through the box score yeah, I, here for for good old Nick. We had one run in the second, five or uh, one run in the fifth, one run in the sixth. Gave up three in the sixth. Seventh inning, we had one. Eighth, we gave up one, and then we had two gone in the tenth. I had six runs on six hits. Only one hit was not a bomb, and that was close. It didn't clear the top of the wall. It hit off the top of the wall with Lou Brock. 6-4, your final, as the Omaha Sabres get it done in game one on this podcast. Wow, that was impressive. And so also, as we got sidetracked here before we continue the conversation, we'll break down the NL West because we were sitting on this one. The Dodgers leading that one 58-43 with win-loss. Um, the Giants are sitting back three games behind, 56-47, and then you throw it to the Diamondbacks, Padres, and Rockies sitting at the bottom 18-and-a-half back. Now. I'm not going to lie to you. The Diamondbacks sliding makes me a little sad. It it really does. Because they were leading the division, and then Toronto went and smoked them in a series, and now they've just, like, free-fallen. They've won, like, three of their last ten games or something along that line, and they uh, lost as of their uh, most recent game. So, well, you know, I feel, feel bad. And here, Not really, because the, the Blue Jays yeah. beat them, but, you know, all the other teams that beat them, I feel a little bad about. Well, and here's the sad part. The Diamondbacks have almost kind of been, because after they walked off the Yankees in, what was that, the 2001-3 World Series? Right, One or yeah. three World Series. After they walked off the Yankees, the Diamondbacks have kind of become that team, especially with Randy Johnson. They've become that team where you don't, they haven't done anything to be really disliked, in my opinion. Like, I, I have right. not... Granted, I don't know a lot of Diamondbacks of the fans. In the N- they're one of the, you know, they're one of the better teams to follow in the NL. To oh, be yeah. quite honest, NL West that's full of dumpster fire teams, Ugh. you know, legacy teams, if you will. Not dumpster fire. That's probably a little harsh, but that like is. Dodgers, Giants, Padres, like, eh. like they're they're very the Reds fans. So like the Reds are fun to follow, you know. Yeah. they're not very good, and that's how the Diamondbacks are too. Like if you know. I'm bored and want to watch a late night, you know, West Coast game. The Diamondbacks are the ones I'll usually turn on because, you know, they're playing somebody that also doesn't have aspirations to the playoffs, although oh, this yeah. year is a little different. But. Well, and which, the Diamondbacks now ended up getting more TV deals, so you'll be seeing a lot more of the Diamondbacks, especially in Arizona, on your television sets. I believe you can find the tweet out there. I'm not going to dumpster dive through that one because that was a <laughs> long that was a long way. The newly named X. <clears throat> no. That was a long way down on my Twitter feed. That was like a couple days ago, maybe like you even last week. Feed. My what? <laughs> your X feed. You haven't heard that Elon Musk has tried to rename Twitter X? Why? Because naming his kid X was not enough. No, it wasn't, clearly. Gosh, dude. Because he's t- he's not done tanking Twitter yet. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and people still spend $8 a month for a check mark on a social media platform that he's actively tanking. Dude, Insta- anyway. Instagram, people are paying like 50 bucks just to get well, that for check mark. Followers. Oh, You can my buy your 10,000 followers for like 20 bucks. Dude, I'm, I'm sorry. In- and like this just even comes from a standpoint of what I do for my job having to help run social media Instagram is truly one of the hardest places to now grow an organic following 
So I get you the fact, what? but also, dude, you're paying for a check mark that really, truly doesn't mean fucking mean shit. Nothing. It yeah. does not well, they, mean anything. Instagram, that's weird. So I had Instagram back in high school and middle school, like everybody did, and I deleted it because it got stupid. And then, you know, a couple people talked me into getting Instagram again. The whole, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to tag a picture yeah. and you use hashtags to get people to follow it. It's like hashtags mean nothing on Instagram now, and it's really weird. Hashtags mean nothing on Instagram, but hashtags on TikTok mean a hell of a lot that, more. They mean, TikTok means what Instagram used to. Instagram used to be that the, uh, hashtags actually meant something. Yeah. And that was part of, like, the whole scheme to try to, like, branch out, if you will. But so, it, I don't think they do anything now. I mean, no. you look stuff up, but when it comes to, like, you know, like you said, trying to, you know, create a following or you get your post out further than you would, I don't, I'm convinced they absolutely do nothing. Well, and, and the biggest thing to really kind of look at, too, on that end is on Instagram, reels have now taken over. Like, anybody on social media, like, if you run a social media page or anything, like, everybody has kind of seen that twist from photos are there to now you can post a photo every once in a while. But reels is where you go. Like for a lot of people like or you, you and I. Some, or you do what some people do. It's yeah. Post their picture on the reel and then roast Instagram about it, which is actually hilarious. It's like for for some certain people, like for the people that really don't care about your following, like if you're just there just to keep up with people like your friends from high school, your family around the country, like if you're just there to kind of be there, you'll gain or followers. If you're kind like me and for, just uh, there for the meme, buddy. Just there. Like <laughs> And like I said, the check mark doesn't mean shit, people. You just because you have a blue little check mark by your name, yeah, it will be cool. But you'll look back at that forty years down the road and said, "I really spent money on this. I'm verified on Twitter, and I'm like an eighty year old man, like I'm a sixty year old man, and I don't care." What the like, really? Seriously, is like the whole check mark system now by you allowing your Twitter, tweeters, whatever the hell you call them now, Xers, you know, there's, <laughs> Xers. there's no way that, there's no way that can go wrong. But anyway, it's like Deadpool, X-Force. Um, now you've taken whatever value that checkmark had and absolutely just slit its throat. Oh, yeah. Because now, I don't, I don't care if you're actually verified. Half of going through Twitter now is seeing a blue checkmark and automatically going, well, this is some dumbass that bought it. Unless you actually go onto their account and click the blue check mark to see, oh, this person was actually legitimately verified. Well, and that's like, that's the thing too. It's taken all value out of the check mark. It, it's the stu- It's one of the stupidest <sighs> things he's done. You can the the verification check mark should be for businesses, sports teams, major franchises, whatever. The normal person that's sitting on there does not need a check mark. Athletes, maybe I'll give you that one just because you are kind of famous and everybody, like, you do have, like, young kids that follow your page that are like, oh, am I following the actual, am I following the actual player? Like, am I following the actual athlete? Yeah, you maybe need one. Famous people, maybe. The average person that is trying to just grow a TikTok following because you can possibly make money on it, dude, you don't need a blue check mark. If you're just going to go do barbecue stuff, unless you become like a full Gordon Ramsay type chef, 
You don't need a blue check mark. You just got to have a good understanding of the hashtag. Yes. Just learn it like everybody else if you're going to try to run your own business. Take the time. Wow. Suffer through it. Social media. What an absolute just uh, <sighs> rabbit hole right there. Dude, Welcome honestly. Welcome back to the podcast. By the way, this is number 65 for those keeping score. <laughs> oh, man. Let's talk standing because this is where this gets interesting. We'll start in the AL because I am heavily biased. Obviously, it's a Blue Jays fan. Obviously. So Baltimore, Texas, and Minnesota are your division leaders. So Baltimore, Texas get a first-round bye, okay? Correct. Tampa-Houston would be a first-round series in Tampa. And then how about this one? The old Blue Jays get a regional game for me and take on Minnesota. I mean, everything's coming together for me to see the Blue Jays in the playoffs. That would potentially be nice. And that's a team they can beat. And here's the best part about it. If they go in and beat Minnesota, you know where they're going in the second round, if my uh, bracketeering would be correct. They're playing Baltimore in the second round. Which, honestly... Isn't that that bad. They'll be favored heavily. It's not that bad, but with the way that Baltimore has been playing, I would be concerned. That would be... The, for a DS series, because that would actually be fun. Baltimore has to sit. Correct. The Blue Jays would play at least two games in the first round, if not having to play at three. Baltimore has to sit. So now you get into the old playoff of would you rather sit the first round or play the first round? Uh, oh, boy. that oh, That's a tough question. So, oh. I, to be honest... I would honestly much rather sit just because I know we can save arms. Now, you can still get your travel. I was going to say, it depends what sport we're talking about. Because if it's football, I mean, I'd almost rather play the wild card round and then go into a division round. Where if it's baseball, I mean, I'm kind of with you. Okay, save the arms. But I don't know. For a team like Toronto, I almost feel like the wild card's not the worst thing in the world. Uh Uh-uh. Because you can get some confidence because you got your ass kicked the last two times you went into the wild card. But yeah, that's a preview. If the playoffs ended or the playoffs started today, Houston would go to Tampa, who's been not great, and Toronto would go to Minnesota, who's barely above 500. Texas and Baltimore would await the winner of those games. I'm looking at these teams, and you know, Houston's a dangerous team. I I gotta put Toronto to the side. I. I could see us making a run. There's, there <laughs> is a shot. That every single time that any of my teams get in, um, Baltimore would be the top seed, then Texas. So fascinating stuff there. And then you move to the NL, and this is going to be a hell of a run Ugh. all the way to the finish. There's always one side wild card race that's good. Atlanta, LA, Milwaukee are the top three division leaders. San Fran, Philly, and Cincinnati would be in. The wild card race ended today. Arizona and Miami would be out by a half game. So before we break all that down, how about this series? San Fran, Philly, Cincinnati, Milwaukee for Jeez. wild card round game. I'll tell you what, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, three game series. Oh. It does not get much better than that for a first round. I'm 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 looking at it honestly. If the season ended today, 
because there's still plenty of baseball to be left. If the season was right. ending today, even after this weekend's Milwaukee series with Cincinnati, I would honestly take Cincinnati over Milwaukee. The only thing is Cincinnati would be on the road for all three, but they're just so... They played, and granted, they haven't played in the playoff round. They are. Right, they're just young, so you don't know what you're... It's going to be like the Devils were this year for a decent comparison of, you know, a young team that hasn't been there before. Like, you might get, you know, the first two games of the series where we get smacked 5-1 to twice at home, or you might get the rest of the series. I would say... I tell you, that's... Cincinnati Milwaukee series. If the season ended today, and there's, we'll get into why there's a lot of variables left on the NL and some on the AL, but not as not as many as of this podcast. By next week, this will all change. But that series is it's going to be good because either Milwaukee would go to the Dodgers or play the Dodgers in the second round, or Cincinnati gets Atlanta, and that would be wild by itself. Here's the wild card race right now. We talked about Cincinnati, Philly, and uh, San Fran that are in as of now. Granted, in a week, this won't matter. We'll be talking about three other different teams. Oh, yeah. Arizona, Miami are a half game back. The Cubs somehow find themselves only four games back. That's six teams within four games of each other for three wild card spots. And five teams within a game of each other for three spots. And then the likes of the Mets, uh, Padres, Cardinals, and Pirates are only 10 games back, ranging from six and a half to 10, of course. It's, it's always it's... interesting. The NL can pull 500 or sub-500 teams and still make it look interesting down the stretch of the year. And we've talked about this before. The American League is obviously the tougher tougher side of the league, no doubt, hands down. Like, we've said it before. The numbers are there. It's just, it's, it's all there. The American League is tougher. The National League, I would say, when it comes to the postseason, makes their division look tougher. Because you will have everybody fighting for a spot. The games tend to sometimes just be, well, what the, what the hell is going on? The American <laughs> League... You do have bloodbaths in the American League. Like, don't get me wrong. The American League playoffs is still tough, but the National League just... I was going to say, you've, no, you've got... No, uh, I have a point with this. I do have a point. Five games? So, you're... Oh, I didn't give up a home run, but that's going to be a double. But you do have in the National League teams that when it comes to the postseason, they compete like hell. And they just, they make it look like, oh yeah, this is what the National League should have looked like the entire season. The American League plays throughout the entire American League from Game 1 to Game 163 and and beyond. But when it comes to the postseason, sometimes the National League just decides to show up and say, hey, we're still here, like, don't don't forget about us. Also, National League won the All-Star game this year, so that doesn't really say much. time since, I want to say, 2012. 2010, it's been a long time. Something about that. Let's see. I'm going to make sure I have my number right here. How is it? Home. Damn it. I couldn't hose. There's a there's a run. I should have went to third. But the National the League. were made. The National League definitely is. 
not better than the American League, but still, you have it does have its moments. There's a hose at home. It was he was safe. For, oh, what? How it was 2012 was the last NL uh, win for those keeping scores. So 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22, the AL picked up dub after dub after dub after dub after dub after dub. I'm waiting for the other after dub. I'm just waiting after for it. After dub. There it is. But seriously, though, like. Only three to two. Give me a break. Oh, yeah. And I'm not. And to be honest, though, like, granted, yes, it is bragging rights. And. But still, isn't it? It used to be home field. I was going to say, it used to have a lot higher stakes. Because I was just about to ask you that. I was like, wasn't it home field? I don't remember what year that changed. But I remember when it changed and it became like the NFL Pro Bowl is. Yeah. Like a popularity contest that it's like. You're not even at least baseball's playing the actual sport. Oh my gosh. I mean, pro don't. football is you're not doing anything. The Pro Bowl you're not that's doing a, anything. The NBA All Stars for another day. Yeah, because the NBA All Stars don't even freaking play defense and you oh, all yeah, act like, like a like bunch of idiots. Hundred and fifty six to like hundred and fifty. Gosh, dude. I uh granted, I would have liked to play football, but dude, the Pro Bowl is I'm sorry. It has now become a sissy fest. Flag football. Flag, yeah, it literally has become flag football. Because they played flag football. Mm-hmm. Like, really? You guys are going to play flag football. Granted, I understand nobody wants to get hurt before the so, playoffs. For, We're going to talk about those, that later. For Move those on. wondering about the all-star games of the NBA, because I actually was curious for some of our final scores. Last year, it was Team G, uh, Giannis. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Giannis. 184, Team LeBron. There you go, Giannis. Yeah, it shows how much I know about pro basketball. 184, 175. The year before, 163, 160. The year before that, 170 to 150. 2020, 157, 155. In 2017, 192, 182. I'm looking for a score that's, like, reasonable. I There is not. You got to go back to... 2006, it was 122, 120. Wow. And then 2005, 125, 115. And that's like, that is, those two are actual, like, actual NBA scores. You start getting up that's to the 150. Well, here you go. 2001, 111, 110. Wow. But let me tell you, seeing a score of 192 to 182, that's incredible. Uh <laughs> It is incredible. That's no defense. Everybody just got out of the way and let them do whatever they want. Literally. And the refs already do that themselves. They let them walk well, up the go. court. Box score. Oh, God. Quick math. It's going to be not our strong suit. But a box score after the first quarter, 53-48. No shit. And then after that, the box score gets a little hairy. But score by quarter for the East, 53-39, 47-43. The West is 48, 49, 47, 48. Jiminy. That's incredible. How? I've never, I don't watch a lot of pro basketball. It's this podcast very aware of. Um, we hardly talk but about yeah, it. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't realize that was, that's insanity. Dude, you, you'd be surprised. I've watched highlights. That's incredible. I've watched highlights from it on Twitter, not by my own choice. It hops on my Twitter feed, and I sometimes will click on it. 
uh, you're you're looking at just a a hard knocks uh, travel session. That's what that is. Anthony Davis in 2017 scored an All Star record 52 points. I'm shocked that that's an All Star mm. record. That seems incredibly low when you're scoring 192 points. I would I would agree with that, but also still, I mean, you're scoring 192 points. You're sharing 192 points. You're sharing the wealth with a lot of people. That's amazing. All right, anyway, that's that rabbit hole. Welcome, welcome back to the COVID show. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You know, the thing that's amazing is people watch that. (laughs) Trevor Story with a new game tied 2-2. I had so So, good with Trevor Story. There you go. The Blue Jays, at the end of the day, have a route. They can beat Minnesota, beat Baltimore, and then probably wait for Texas and the ALCS. And with the history of those two teams back in the day, oh, seven-game series would be lit. But, you know, there's a lot of baseball to be played, so. Indeed. Can't and put the cart before the horse. you got to get in first. And the Cubs are riding a win streak of five. And as we talked about it on the show earlier, I'm finally getting to take advantage of taking a trip, as it was bought by us and us kids for Christmas presents for our parents. Within a week, your boy is going to Chicago for the first time in his life to go see Wrigley Field. And second MLB stadium overall. The first one was Old Texas down in Arlington. So your boy is going to Wrigley. We will have content for you because there hopefully will be a Cup Snake. There will hopefully be Go Cubs Go. We're debating on, we're debating on whether or not they will beat the Braves. Oh that, man, they're playing the Braves. Yeah, three game oh, or four game series against the Braves. Thing, man, four uh, dude, game series against the Braves. If you can win two or three of them, that's a statement to me. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. So we're because the Braves are legit. The Braves are legit, but the Cubs are trying to go on that. Cody Bellinger's been hitting out of his mind. He's got like seven home runs in the last like seven or eight games or I shouldn't say seven or eight games, since the All-Star break, he's hitting like 420. So there, there is potential, and Kevin Kiermaier strikes out on that, but we got a tie game here. But still. No, Kevin. Kevin. I, I was swinging out of my shoes on everything. I was not focused. But the Cubs are potentially getting a chance to take a couple from the Braves, keep the win streak going. But it's it's been good to see the Cubs play this good of baseball so far. They've been playing decent all year. They've been trying to keep themselves in it. They've had some streaks and they've had some slumps, like every team does. Because I mean, even and I just gave up the lead to Josh Donaldson. Fuck. Well, there we go. Three two. F in the chat. F in the chat. But still, though, for MLB breakdown, there's a lot of baseball to be played, as we have. Maybe mentioned once or twice on this half of the segment. Um, there is we just, just want to keep everybody on. Oh yeah, we we're we're not saying that the Nationals are going to come back mathematically ever again because that well, was a bad one thing. of us didn't say that last. Year. <laughs> by by we I meant me. So <laughs> we're not doing that ever again because, and of course, the one time I say that somebody is mathematically going to come back from twenty two games behind. I was going to say. I can't say that I'll never go out on a limb like that because that would be an absolute lie. I probably will. 
You probably will. You'll be a lot smarter about it than me and pick a team that was a lot better than the Nationals. I just decided to mathematically destroy my entire career as a sports broadcaster, as limited as it may be. Now I just sit in a tree and film. But regardless, the MLB is in full swing, and we're waiting for postseason baseball because that is the best time of the year. And especially as you close down to potential one or game 163s, you're looking at a lot of And there's a good tension. potential of those happening oh in both sides. Matt, so. I remember back in, I think it was like 2019 or something like that, when the Cubs had to play the Rockies for a game 163, and they lost. I was pissed. There was two. I'm that was telling a- you, man. I'm not. I I could. I would be uh, not surprised at all if the Blue Jays win 91, 92 games and miss the playoffs with the way the AL is setting up right now. There's a. And I remember how I felt in 2021. It came down to the last day. The Blue Jays won, but so did everybody else. So it didn't end up mattering, and we lost by one game and missed the playoffs. Uh, so I'm right there with you. I've seen it, man. It sucks. Baseball one, is game 163 would be rough, but you know, being done before that, it's probably worse. Baseball is one of the toughest sports to be a fan of, mostly because you can love it and hate it at the same time. You can get to the playoffs and just decide to struggle regardless. But at the same time, we sit here every day and we abide by it because we are baseball fans. But now, we're what? Do we want to go down another rabbit hole? What sport we want to talk about next? We got two you left. Know what starts, I was going to say, you know what starts next week? Um, what, what? And I can't believe I, I, I had to look this up to make sure. But it does. Preseason. A, a certain, certain preseason starts next week already with two. Preseason. LOL teams. One that's trying to pretend they're not an LOL team, but it's the Jets, and it is the Cleveland Browns. Thursday, August 3rd at 7 p.m., preseason football and all its uh, well, wonder, I guess. I wouldn't even call it wonder or glory. I would just call it in all its... Uh... Wonder. I'm going with all its wonder because it's something. I guess. It, it, it is something. Preseason it's football is something. something. Oh, my goodness. Jets and Browns get us kicked off on the third, and then we have to technically wait another week before everybody else plays. But I was wondering, the Broncos play the Cardinals August 11th at 9 p.m., and the Bears take on the Titans. Ravens got the Eagles in the first uh, uh, preseason game. Ravens don't really lose in the preseason. We'll see if that keeps on keeping on. And then the NFL season gets underway September 7th, with the Detroit Lions, this is the actual first game of the year, Detroit Lions and th- Kansas City Chiefs. I think so here. I'm trying to look here. My wow. computer, my computer's being a... F- I'm not going to lie to you, that's not great. <laughs> it's it's not, but that is the that is the matchup. Detroit-Kansas City. Everybody's so high on Detroit again. This is like Dallas all over again. Every single year we hear how this is going to be Dallas's year. This, every, like... Year for the last, it seems like five years. Detroit's gonna make a move. Detroit's gonna be a playoff team. Right. Detroit's gonna do this. Detroit's gonna do that. And every single year, I'm like, based on what? And then Detroit's not good. Can I can I make a comment real quick? Uh, oh yeah. So you know how a certain person in the MLB is designed for just poorly timed home runs. 
Everybody was so high on the Lions. Half a second later, I hit a freaking Titanic 460-foot blast with the man himself, Nicholas Castellanos. Yeah, poetic justice. That was poetic. Oh, as always. But seriously, though, the Lions, man. Why? Why? That's like... That's like saying Jets fans are going to be extremely excited for season number one with Aaron Rodgers. I cannot wait until we do our football. Oh, I'm psyched. That we do every year and then halfway through forget that we did. I'll write them down. I'll I'll have them written down somewhere. Dude, I, you're. Our other team was Detroit. Oh. Here's the thing. This will be the unofficial, you know, I'm not going to say any takes yet. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, can he get the Jets to the playoffs? Probably. Good. But Jets fans are setting yourself up for failure because he doesn't do anything when he gets there. No. Every single time. If I was a Green Bay fan, and I'm not, I think it's hilarious what happens to him, but I would be pissed. It's kind of like what you were talking about with Minnesota Wild earlier, where it's like you get there every yeah. year, except unlike the Wild, you have a team in Green Bay that looks like they should be able to, you know, do some damage. Win. And then they don't. Well, and it's it's and normally. Every and single year is the same thing. It's Because you get a rollover oh. division in the NFC North that now the Jets don't have a rollover division because Buffalo and Miami, Miami we'll see, yeah. but at least Buffalo is better. Maybe the Patriots, maybe the Patriots are too, but you don't have a rollover division now. No. So the Jets fans that are looking at what Rodgers did before, where he's playing the likes of the Bears and Lions for four games a year, which of course you're going to be at least three of, win three of four. And then Minnesota, you know, is, eh. At best. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild to see if he can actually, you know, if it was really a Green Bay problem or if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' problem. Bears and Packers open up the season playing each other. That is going to be. So that, that might be oh. the first time in a long time that Bears-Packers might actually be fun because the Packers, they'll probably still beat us. I'm just going to say it. They I'm... probably still well, but here's... here's the thing. We got our best shot to win against Green Bay and Lambeau. We don't play them in Lambeau to start the year. It's in Soldier Field's first uh, meeting. But we have our best shot to win in Lambeau in, like, 25 years, probably? I would I would probably say yes on that. But here's, also, here's the thing you really have to look at. Who is going to be the quarterback for Green Bay this year? Because Jordan Love has been... He's been, I'm not going to say incredibly horrible, but he's not been good when he gets his starts. He just has the not. The Packers are going to have to do what every other team's had to do. Oh, He'll yeah. Suffer they're... through several years of bad quarterback play for the first time in 25 years. Well, and I the will... first time in my life that I have seen a Green Bay team that hasn't either fumbled their way into a quarterback after Brett Favre left or it's Brett Favre. They're going to have to do what every other team's done. Oh, yeah. And look for it. Unless Love just becomes the next Aaron Rodgers after Brett Favre, in which case I wouldn't even be shocked by that. 
Well, and so because now that's what the Packers have done since 1994. Well, now so here's my take on this. So looking at the depth chart here, you've got Jordan Love, who would who would be the number one starter as of depth chart wise. We don't know this, but you've got um, Alex McGough from FIU. He's QB there. He's 27 years old. You've got um, as I'm trying to get this pitch here real quick, and that's going to be a ball. Good. You've got um, Dylan Etling, or Danny Etling from LSU. He's 29. But now here's the thing: you just got a draft pick in a Penn State quarterback that has proven himself in the Big Ten, that has proven himself in a couple of big scenarios in bowl games in college. He has not played a snap in the NFL. But you do have Sean Clifford. So there is a potential that Jordan Love could get beaten out. I'm not saying that Sean Clifford would be your answer, but out of all the quarterbacks in that entire depth chart, Sean Clifford, to me, seems more of the type that, as Rodgers replaced Favre-type deal, to me, watching him play more than I did Jordan Love back in college, Sean Clifford could be that guy to kind of put you back in the right direction. Now, is that going to be true? Frick if I know, because I don't know shit about the Packers when it comes to um, anything else besides Rodgers and Favre, because I that's been as long as that's I've been it. alive. That's pretty much the entire gamut. But here's the thing. If it's not Jordan Love, it's not a Rodgers from Favre, because Rodgers got to shadow Favre. If yeah. This, if it's anybody other than Love or some backup that you just talked about that's been in the league, they if it's Clifford, I think the guy you said, he won't have the developmental time. No. So throw him in. It's going to be like what the Bears did with Fields. And good luck, dude. But I will and say this. Will, and then he will be terrible to start with. I will say this, though. Fields has impressed me a little bit more since he just basically got thrown in. He's developed a little bit more. Now, granted, is he good by any means? Not yet. Can he, he be? He doesn't have anything around him. He, he really does This will be the first year where they finally put some stuff around him that I think it was Colin Cowherd was talking about it, where it's like this will be the first year where you you the excuses are gone. Yeah. And the other thing is that North is so wide open. You know, yeah. everybody's hyped on Detroit. Minnesota should be a front runner probably, but the Packers aren't, and no. the Bears probably aren't. So yeah, it'll be fascinating. But opening week, Bears, Packers, uh, Denver. I don't even see Denver on here. The Ravens have the Texans. Oh, Denver's have Denver has the Raiders. Correct. Sunday okay. night football, the opening weekend, because of course it is, is I'll give you two guesses. Oh no. For I'm what, not I'm not looking at the schedule right think, now, so think of a stereotypical matchup for Sunday night football. Okay, I'm going through my list. I'm going through my list. First team I'm gonna put I'm going Dallas is my first team. Yeah, okay, there's one. You go you have one of the teams. Okay. Now you can limit it down to literally like two matchups for Sunday night football. Oh my god. Don't don't overthink it. Why why do I want to say Dallas New England? Nope. Oh shit. Um. Who else? Stereotypical matchup that's got a bunch of history behind it. Oh oh. Two rival teams oh, going at it. Oh. 
Oh my gosh. Um 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 is it Am I still in the NFC East? Uh Yes. Yeah. Dallas sure and, are. <laughs> and I'm going Dallas and New York. Yep. There we go. Okay, it I had the to stereotypical <laughs> matchup for Sunday night football. I had to Dallas literally like think Giants. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Why? Well, I was like there's only one of two matchups that you could have thought there. Cowboys Eagles or Cowboys Giants. Yeah, and the, the Eagles are playing the Patriots, ironically enough. Wow. So okay, so I was that takes care of that one. But yeah, Giants, Cowboys Sunday night, Jets and Bills on Monday night, and you know it's in a good old East Rutherford, New Jersey. So the New York Jets that actually play in you know New Jersey, yep, uh, play host to the Buffalo Bills on the uh, opening Monday night. But yeah, it's it's almost there. But yeah, opening uh, preseason starts. Uh, Thursday, next Thursday. There you go. Broncos get their first attempt at Sean Payton as well as a new head coach. That's just preseason still. Franchises, man. Or just wait a month and, you know, the pro. Yeah, go go wait a month. All regular season teams will be going. So just thought I'd throw it out there. Well. So there you go. There's one football. There's one football. The other football. Is a month away. Yeah, August thirty first is games numer. Well, technically August twenty sixth is week I was zero. Say, you slow the roll there, buddy. Navy and Notre Dame, UTEP, Jacksonville State, UMass, North uh, New Mexico State, North Ohio, San Diego State, Hawaii, Vanderbilt, San Jose, USC, and Florida International La Tech get things underway Saturday, August the twenty sixth. So as normal. Week zero is there's not a big game. Throwing it now. Maybe Notre Dame. Maybe Notre Dame. I don't know if it'll be a good game, but you know it's their Dublin game. It's it's a, it's, it's oh, something yeah. to circle on the calendar it for an be. opening week. Dublin Notre Dame's had currently some good ones. twenty point favorites for the record. Yeah, well, the midshipmen of Navy have never been a truly solid team, especially when you you know run the football every freaking play. Uh, Oh my god! Oh, oh, I love. I will watch the armed we'll forces. Get in, we'll get more into this, but uh, I'm going to say uh, they're not as bad as you think they are. No, throwing it now to so as I was going to say, throwing it now to week one as it starts, which starts on Thursday, August 31st. Which I will not be able to watch this game, and it saddens and the my first heart. Hyping hot L for the Nebraska Cornhuskers will be. Well, I'm hoping not, but the Minnesota Golden Gophers, that game kicks off at 7 p.m. on Fox. Matt Royal gets to enjoy his um, hopefully long-tenured, depends on if he wins or loses, um, in the season number one. But going down that Minnesota's li- favorite in that game, by the way. I, I know that, and P.J. Fleck and the Gophers are going to be ready to play, and that terrifies mm-hmm. me immensely okay. because I know that I know that the Gophers are a very, very, very tough team to uh, try to get in front of early from time to time, especially when it comes to us. So we'll be we'll be taken in to the next week. We'll see who, as the weeks kind of dwindle down here, we'll see who Nebraska names as the number one starter. We got a lot of quarterback competition coming in. We had a lot of recruiting. But I will give this. Rural has done a fantastic job since he got the ring, signed the contract, 
he has just been recruiting like a madman. And that's the one thing that I think will save us if Nebraska can back to or get back to actually recruiting the way that we used to, that should be okay. But going into Thursday for the rest of it, you got Elon Wake Forest kicking off at 6 p.m. Most of these are going to be anywhere from 6 to 9, so bear with the rest of the schedule. So you got Elon Wake Forest game one, Kent State U- UCF, who is making their Big 12 debut this year. Also, three other teams making their Big 12 debut. Houston, BYU, Cincinnati. The Pac-12 is kind of disbanding. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Texas and Oklahoma still in the Big 12 for another year. That'll come in 2024. But as the rest of it goes down, Rhode Island, Georgia State, um, St. Francis, never heard of you guys, Western Michigan, (laughs) <laughs> NC State plays UConn. The disrespect for St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Wow. Dude, I'm sorry. I've never even freaking heard of this. I never even heard of Bethune Cookman before Nebraska played him. Bethune Cookman? Yeah, never heard oh, of him. You're going to roll down to Arkansas Pine Bluff and see I've never heard of them either. No, I actually have heard of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Oh, well, the A&T schools, there's a lot of you guys, but I have heard of Arkansas Pine Bluff. You guys have a sick-ass ah. logo, by the way. That's why I remember you guys. Um, South. South chat. Good old. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, St. Francis. Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, South Dakota plays Missouri. Florida with Utah. That should be a decent matchup. Arkansas Pine Bluff, Tulsa. Then you've got North Carolina A&T. I'm trying to read through the schedule here. Dude online. Can I just get through it? Kevin Kiermaier with a ground out. <laughs> Kevin Kiermaier having a bad game on this one. He. This man doesn't know that he is currently playing a dude on a podcast at the moment because nobody does. And we'll pause this. I've got three minutes to read through the rest of the schedule. North Carolina A&T plays UAB. And then Southern Utah, Arizona State to round out the Thursday night schedule. Friday night, you got Howard Eastern Michigan. Central Michigan plays Michigan State. Miami, Ohio versus Miami of Florida. Wow. Wow. <laughs> What a W of a game. That used to always confuse me as a kid, though. Somebody said, oh, yeah, we're playing Miami. And I was like, oh, you're playing the U. They're like, no, we're playing Miami, Ohio. I was like, who the hell is Miami, Ohio? (laughs) And now we know. Uh, Louisville's got Georgia Tech, Missouri State, Kansas, Stanford, Hawaii. That rounds out your Friday night game. That also Stanford-Hawaii game, 10 p.m. So anybody who likes watching some Pac-12 football at 10 or 9 o'clock at night, don't worry. CNBC or CBS has got you throwing it all. I that was horrible. That was horrible. The camera was. What's that money money guru guy that like Jim Taylor is his last name? Uh, 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 I have no idea. Money. I'm just looking up Taylor money guy. Uh, That that amazingly didn't help anything. I wouldn't doubt it. Throwing it to Saturday uh, as, Chase, as Chasey is struggling to find this. Starting off the day strong, Utah State-Iowa kicks off at 11, and then the 11 o'clock slates, Ball State-Kentucky, Bowling Green-Liberty, East Carolina-Michigan, Fresno State-Purdue, Louisiana Tech-SMU, Virginia-Tennessee, Colorado-TCU. Colorado also looking to go back to the Big 12. We'll get to that in a second. Northern Illinois, Boston College, Arkansas State-Oklahoma, Robert Morris, what? Who are these teams facing Air Force? F in the chat for yeah. these uh, Mercer, these I know. Teams. Mercer has Ole Miss. 
Northern I or Northern Iowa plays Iowa State. Akron Temple, Long Island plays Ohio. I have heard of Long Island University, sadly enough, even though it's not really sad. Portland State, I've heard of as well. They the play. Disrespect for these I'm bottom sorry, tier bro. D1 teams has been absolutely incredible to listen I, to. Dude, there's not a lot of D1 teams that I like. Don't know. For some of these teams, also, I'm really sorry. Jim Kramer. Jim Kramer was the guy I was thinking. Wow, of you were early. way off on that one. No disrespect uh, you know, to you, but I mean, you know, it's, it's better than what you were throwing out there. Just oh like, yeah, I wasn't throwing out a guess at all. Uh, you got you. Exactly. There you go. You got UMass Auburn, as we're in the middle of pitch foul ball. Ohio State, Indiana, Townsend. I have heard of you. You're welcome, Maryland. Oh, Nikki Two Bags. Is he going again? Nope, he's not. Damn. Early I on a changeup. Like we should. I feel like we should make a new segment where I pick like random colleges. And I guess where the cities from. are. And and you just basically go like, I've either heard of it or I have no idea where that's at. <laughs> I would probably say for the majority of them. I might not have as soon as you kind of get to the D1, D3s. Even if you get to the NAI, I probably haven't heard of them. Good Lord. there's that's. I'm sorry. Folks, fans of all these <laughs> schools, I do not mean to throw shade. If your school is great, which I'm sure it is, uh, you know, all of you that have gotten shade thrown, we're about to we're, we're about to talk Nebraska football. <laughs> I was gonna say that here, in, you know, not only this week, but you know, in the next month or so, three months. Uh, once we get the podcast, now that we got the podcast back rolling weekly, oh, we're gonna make up for it because I oh. love roasting it about Nebraska. Three months of Nebraska football, folks. It's either gonna go really, really good. Or really, really bad. bad. There's no mediocre at this point. Actually, no. Well, you're going to lose your first two games of the year. You already know that. Excuse me? No. Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah, you sure are, dude. We'll talk about this in a second. Let me read through the rest of the schedule here. Ohio State has Indiana. I missed UMass Auburn. Nope, I didn't. I left off at Buffalo, Wisconsin. Southern Florida or South Florida plays Western Kentucky, Boise State, Washington, Tennessee State, Notre Dame. If you guys couldn't tell, this is week one. So I've got a full slate of games to read off here. We'll do this every week. Um, Wofford plays Pittsburgh, Eastern Kentucky, Cincinnati, uh, Rice, Texas. That's always one. Gardner-Webb, Appalachian State, Western Carolina plays Arkansas, and I'm excited for that one because Western Carolina and Central Arkansas are two teams that have been kind of bouncing back and forth on who's going to make the upsets this year. Uh, and Western Carolina is going to potentially be team number one as that one is possibly going to get over Castellanos' head off the wall, and that did. Well, F that. So we're going to throw over to third. And then you got Southeast Louisiana, Mississippi State, Cal versus North Texas, Colgate, uh, Syracuse, Bryant, UNLV, UT Martin, Georgia, South Carolina, Charlotte. Oh, my gosh, I clicked on a team. Monmouth, where was I at here? Yeah, Monmouth, Florida, Atlantic, as we are, we're both going to, I can't take much of a pause there. Um, Citadel, Georgia Southern, oh, my God, there's a lot of games to run down here. Yeah. You know what? Every Everybody really fucking ones. plays. Everybody's going to play this weekend. Two really big ones. Northern Iowa, Iowa State play, and Colorado plays TCU, which will be the ass-blasting of the entire week. Yeah. There's – I did – I hit those. Although Arkansas State plays Oklahoma, so, you know, there might be a run for their money there. Oh, yeah. Well, here, hold on. This is going to be the real question. Does Appalachian State have anybody – and the top 25 has not come out yet when it comes to college football – which it's still early. It's only August. We 
well, actually, technically, I can't really say that. Games start literally within a couple of weeks here. Yeah, so this, the top this 25, is still July. Yeah, the top 25 will probably end up coming out within the next two weeks here before the season and starts. And you get some Sunday, and you get some Sunday football. And a little uh, bit of Monday. That first week as well. So, oh, yeah, they do throw that. Oof, that's a rough game on Monday, but sure. So looking at Appalachian State's schedule, I'm looking to see if anybody would be potentially ranked and lose to Appalachian State. The only one that's hopping out to me would be the North Carolina Tar Heels. And Appalachian State, if anybody doesn't know, if you guys are not fans of college football, Appalachian State is historical for taking top-ranked teams or anybody within the top 25 and running them out of the of the stadium and just winning. And also Appalachian State beat a Michigan team that was ranked like number two in the country within three points, I will say that. But Appalachian State still won that game back in like 2006, something like that. So... And you also miss the Raging Cajuns open up against Northwestern State. I do love a good old Raging Cajun game, but Rage Cajuns, baby. So we'll talk so, about. Yeah, let's just go right to this Nebraska. There thing. you we go. I'm the first for it. We're, we're only going to dabble on this. We're only going to give everybody a nice taste of what's to come in the. Uh, I don't know, probably two or three podcasts from now, since, uh, like I said, you know, we took our little break. Now we're back weekly. I just said. Excuse me, that uh, Nebraska will lose their first two games of the year, to which I got a, oh, no, they won't. Remember Illinois last year or the year before that uh, I told you was going to uh, beat uh, Nebraska? And to which I got, oh, no, they're not. And then, you know what happened? Yeah. That was a F in the chat. So, for Nebraska, they're at Minnesota week one or oh. week zero, whatever we're calling it, and then they're at Colorado the following week. They're going to lose both games. Really? Minnesota, they're like an eight-point dog to already. And Colorado beat them. Uh, they're not I, – I couldn't tell you. It's been within the last few years. Um, I'm going to – here, I'll, I'll pull up the I'll pull up the historics for Nebraska-Colorado. Because, because I watched it on TV, and it was fantastic. Also, while you're looking that up, by the way, Colorado is moving back to the Big 12. Correct. It has been actually uh, in decided. It has been uh, voted on unanimously. Yes. I think the Pac 12 is in dire straits because I think Oregon and Washington, they I need think to move. will eye the Big 10. And if you lose Oregon, Washington, and Colorado, you're done. Yes. Because you already lost USC and UCLA. And uh, I think that's it. Yes, because USC but and UCLA are going to the um, already there, the Big Ten. Yes, I was getting there because Mike. you span coast to coast. Yep, which is pretty nuts when you think about that. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. But yeah, Colorado going back to the uh, um, Big Twelve was fascinating. I guess if nothing else. Colorado moving back to the Big 12 is definitely one of those. I'm swinging at everything right now, and I don't like it. Colorado moving back to the Big 12, I think, was a move that was going to be made eventually just because, and this also, this sped up the process. Texas and Oklahoma, obviously everybody Them knows. leaving certainly helped. Oh, indeed. <laughs> like, it's, you're Josh Hader's fucking get me on a slider here. 
Colorado moving back to the Big 12 was going to be inevitable regardless of if anybody left. But the fact that Texas and Oklahoma have now left, that has sped up the process immensely. Also, if we're looking at series, starting since, can you guess when the first Nebraska-Colorado game was? This should be fun. It's got to be. It's a long-ass time ago because they played in the Big 8. They did play in the big game. Uh, I'm going to have to say it starts with 18. It does start with 18. I, it, it's got to be pre-1900. It's just it, how long before 1900 it happened. All right. Um, I gave a bomb. 1896. Holy shit. You are so freaking close. 1898. Uh, November 17th, 1898. Uh, the Colorado Buffaloes and the Nebraska Cornhuskers squared off for the very first time. The last time they squared off was September 7th, 2019. The overall series goes to Nebraska. They have It's not going to be good for Colorado, I can tell you that. No. And here's here's the here's the total series. You have Nebraska winning 50 to 19. In this series Ooh, so far, but here, but, 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 hold on. With two ties, Colorado's won two in a row, dude. Correct. That is correct. So, but dub. and Colorado beat you in Boulder when they uh, you were ranked in the top twenty-five. That is also very so. true. The longest yeah, active losing, watching, the longest active saying, losing streak is eighteen games in this series. Yeah. That sounds so spot on. But you know, here's the cool thing: Nebraska's not in the Big Twelve, so nope. we uh, we avoid that one. Yeah. But I remember, I think it was 2018 or 2017. It was in Lincoln, and Colorado beat them because I remember watching it, and it was 2019. It was wild, man. 2019 was no. the last matchup. No, it was because I'm looking at the schedule right now, and it was 2019. No, I'm not talking about the last one. I'm talking about the last time they played in Lincoln. That was the last time they played in Lincoln. It was 2019. It was 34 to 31 the final. That's in Boulder, dude. Was that in Boulder? No way. That is. That wasn't. Oh, was it? I'm looking. Oh, yeah, it was in Boulder. Wow, I'm, the, I'm dumb. The game in Lincoln wasn't in overtime. Yeah, I'm that dumb. That was settled in regulation. I'm dumb. Uh oh, Kenley Jansen's coming in. I'm losing four to three. Look at all those. That's a that's a whole lot of L's. But anyway. So there's your first two L's. You get Northern Illinois and La Tech, so you should win a couple. But, you know, uh, we'll highlight a couple of Hawkeye games. You talked about Utah State, Iowa State, and Western Michigan are the first three of the season for them. Colorado gets good old TCU, which will be a uh, rough one probably. Then they'll bounce back against Nebraska and Colorado State before going to Oregon. That'll be a tough yeah. one. Open up the Pac-12 yeah. play for the last time. And for the good old, we'll, we'll only do one local team, one regional team, if you will, in the great state of Iowa. Buena Vista University D3 football gets underway Woo! September 2nd at Gustavus Adolphus before hosting Lakeland and getting into conference play after that. We might have a whole episode dedicated to college football because we've got NAIA powerhouses in Iowa. We've got a couple of D3 powerhouses in Iowa. Uh, you know, you got the, the D1 teams. So 
we might do a whole college football episode outside of our normal pro football episode that takes two hours normally. We definitely so. should. Well, as as you we'll, as you we'll say that, down. I was gonna say as you say that we are somewhat approaching the two hour mark. We're an hour and forty five yeah. minutes into this, and I am currently. I just tied it up. It's the top of the ninth. Oh man! I swung and missed at a slider that I never should have even thought of swinging at. I'm so trigger happy right now. But Kevin Kiermeyer has a potential chance to make it a six-four ball game. Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, on, Kevin. That almost was there. But I mean, for our first show back, and trust me, folks, I'll make my Nebraska pick for how the season goes. Give me a couple of weeks. Let me see what. I was gonna say, you know, other than throwing the shade because it's a, it's an obligation on this podcast. You know, my teams get it. Your teams get it. It's just how it is. Oh yeah. And that's we. I think I think we're gonna have to do a specific college uh, football. Just walk through a bunch of in the state of Iowa, and then you know, good old Nebraska, and then a couple other teams, and make a, an episode out of it. I think we totally could do that. We definitely should do that. We should do that before the. I don't. We should try to do that before the college football season starts and make that one whole right. episode. Which we and then, definitely you know, can you got do. the pro football pickums that everybody. Oh uh, yeah. We're practically experts at. We pretty much picked perfect every year who's going to win. Oh, my gosh. Castellanos. Did he do it? No, but that's going to be off the wall. We're going to score. We take the lead. Yes. Castellanos stops at third with a triple. Holy shit. I thought Castellanos did it again. Oh, my. Episode 65. Johnny Damon. See you later. It's now a 7-4 ball game in the ninth. Oh, man. Holy shit. Where did this all come from? I got to warm up the pitcher. It's because of all that shade I threw earlier that you never win. Yeah, no shit. I'm trying to go 2-0 here. In the next episode we do next week, if you you can come back and prove me wrong, you know, I I will apologize, (laughs) but it seems like every single time we're playing – it's like the seventh inning, and this kid, the kid you're playing or the person you're playing is just crushing the ball all over the field. Dude, it's so, not it's I, not it's not being on the show. That happens regardless of whenever I fucking play. Because the dude that the dude that I just played before this game, he was hitting he was hitting balls everywhere in the sixth and getting runs. I mean, dude, some the sixth and the seventh for me on this game is literally I get scared. Well, I truly to be do. Fair, normally, if we're playing, I'm playing a a game that's like ten plus years old, and you're playing like a, a live person. So you know, there's a substantial difference there. Oh, Aiden Miller couldn't get it done. We got two outs here in the top of the ninth. Seven four ball game. Savers over Milwaukee. Oh, oh, that. There's no way the pitcher makes that play. That's bullshit. Ground ball straight at him, and he just saved Three me. Three outs away from another dub. All right. Well, we're going to try to see if we can do it on this podcast here. We're going well, to do it on this podcast. We're number... going to fill if we have to. The number one overall pick in the MLB draft, Paul Skeens gets taken out and replaced for the greatest closer of all time, Mr. Sandman himself, Mariano Rivera. Oh, man, three outs away. Facing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Oh, I am so conflicted right now. <laughs> I knew that was going to... I'm not even going to I'm looking at a Vladimir Guerrero jersey as I'm sitting here on this podcast. Oh, that's funny. I'm pretty conflicted. Oh, well, I'll tell you right now. hes I don't know if he's going to chase or not. Well, ground ball. We're, we're fighting it off. It's two and two here on the count. And... That's going to be a pop out to Kevin or to Nick Castellanos out in right field. We'll do a little bit of a broadcast oh, here, half-heartedly. Oh. Out. Guerrero's tough to get out, man. Dude, it, there there are guys that are really good with him in this game, and honestly, like his, it, when you really kind of look at MLB The Show, the oh change up on the inside to Ellis Diaz, but as you look at this game, like. They keep the mechanics of swings pretty similar, and there's out number two to Kevin Kiermaier, one away from getting one the dub. One away from another W. Let's go. All right, we got to focus up here. Carlos Correa is potential out number three, standing in the way. Oh, he didn't swing at a sinker down and away. Let's see if he chases a change here. Nope, he's 2-0 and on the count. You know what? Oh, we're gonna count. we're gonna do an outside cutter. That's a dot foul ball because you're late because you suck. Ninety nine mile an hour fastball coming at you. We have bet, brought it back two and two. The two two fouled. Fouled away oh, on a slider. We'll do it again here for the fifth pitch of the at bat. The two two delivery. And he takes, wow, a tough take there as a 3-2 count. Oh, man. 3-2, nobody on, two outs. Oh, fouls it away, stays alive, and we're still sitting at a 3-2. Rivera versus Correa. Bottom of the night, Sabres up 7-4. The 3-2. Ball four just on the outside. Angel Hernandez behind the plate tonight. I think that the manager... A slider. He didn't swing. Ozzy Albies. Thank God. We come back with a cutter against Ozzy Albies on the outside edge of the zone. Back door. Fastball gets it. Two or 0-2 count here. And that is going to be a ground ball. Utley. Fields. Throws over to Gehrig. That's the ball game, folks. We're 2-0 on the podcast. Dub, 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 dub. You absolutely love to hear it. Oh, dude. Not one W, but two piping hot Ws. Oh, well, folks, I think if we are, if we're good. There's no better way to cap it right there. No better way to cap it. Players of the game for the Sabres. Trevor Story goes three for four with a bomb. Castellanos two for four with a bomb. Johnny Damon one for three with a bomb. Oh, my goodness. We're reaching an hour and 50 minutes. And, folks, we thank everybody for sticking around, and we also thank you guys for your patience. I know I've actually posted. I'm going to go look at this real quick on the Instagram because and I should have posted one on Facebook. I think I can download the story and I'll, or the reel, and I'll post it on Facebook, showing everybody we're back. But we actually had some. Check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Covert Show. Correct. You can find us pretty much everywhere. We do have a TikTok as well. We've got only eight views on this one so far, but it's early, folks. 
our posts kind of they start picking up, but we'll get out. We got plenty of social clips. Nick has a full weekend to literally sit down. He's got a bunch of timestamps to go through. So, folks, we're going to get you out some social clips. Oh, and, and speaking of this weekend, we'll have other social clips from uh, good old Bulby and Hailstorm this weekend. There so, you go. I was going to uh, say you missed out on Hailstorm, and then Chicago next week, and then oh, Cincinnati yeah. two two or three weeks after that. Going to be going all over. That hockey season will hit us. The boys are traveling. We're going to be going all over, man. Dude, you know what I should do? I should post a story on the Covert Show sitting in a tree <laughs> when October hits. There you go, yeah. That, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll do some – we'll yeah. have to do it. We'll have to do – find a way to, cup, like, sneak a couple of stories in from the good old jobs when it comes to the good old fall time. Oh, yeah. But – Folks, like we said, we appreciate everything you guys do for us and the support, all our followers across every single platform. We appreciate the love, and also we just appreciate that you guys are here. If you guys have made it almost two hours in this podcast, we love it. If you guys cut off somewhere where you didn't like it, that's fine. We might bring up a topic that you guys like, or I don't know what to tell you because we kind of go down our own our own pathway. <laughs> we got our own slate and we just kind of run with it. We talk a lot of sports. We'll go down rabbit holes of literally everything, and then we'll bring it right back. So if you guys want us to talk about something, we've told you guys before, leave us a comment on any of our social media platforms. Leave us reviews on Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcasts. And I think that's about all I got. JC, you got anything for the good old Covert Show faithful? Yeah, I got nothing. It's good to be back. We'll be back weekly now and uh, start rolling into football season. Maybe break out the hex bugs. We've tried it the last two years, we and you know, the uh, the IQ of a gerbil that I have, you know, <laughs> eventually I, you know, get distracted by something else. But you know, it's good to be back. And uh, there you go, episode number uh, sixty-five here of the Covert Show. There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you guys later.